Listen, we're gonna dive right into God's word in just a few moments. I want you to go ahead and turn to the book of Isaiah, Isaiah chapter 43. How many of you are here this morning and got something from the word this morning? Man, Daniel Kalinda brought a power, both services brought such a powerful word. And uh, I'm excited to bring a word tonight. There's one thing that I got to thinking that I'm gonna have to get with Pastor Jordan on and, and kind of just uh, and share my heart is that they keep having me follow up all these evangelists that keep coming. <laughs> And I don't know really how I feel about that, but uh, I'm just going to follow up God's word with God's word, and we'll just settle it right there. And so I want to preach from the book of Isaiah, and I want to preach along these lines tonight, the simple title of Can You See It? Can You See It? And I just, before I read the scripture, I just want to tell you that from the get-go, that I wanna make it abundantly clear that God desires for you to have a fresh vision over your life this year. And I truly mean that. And I know some of you, you're afraid to use the word vision because we kept using 2020, perfect vision. And uh, some of you are burned on that. But let me tell you, God wants you to have a fresh vision for your life as we go into this year of 2021. And I wanna preach out of really a few passages, but this will really be our main passage for tonight. Isaiah 43 verses 18 through 19. A scripture that I believe we're all really familiar with. It says this, forget the former things. Do not dwell on the past. See, I'm doing a new thing. Come on, I want somebody to say see. See. See, I am doing a new thing. Now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? Tonight, as I said earlier, I wanna make it abundantly clear for this is where we're headed tonight, that God wants you to have a fresh perspective and a fresh vision over your life, over your family as we move into this new year. God says to forget the former things. Now let me, let me just say this to begin with, that this word forget does not mean that we're gonna have uh, supernatural memory loss or a, a version of spiritual amnesia. The scripture is not saying that you don't really understand what happened in the past, but if you really look at the Hebrew, you really look at the original context of this word to forget, it actually means to quit talking about. And I'm just gonna tell you like the scripture saying, and I just feel like I need to tell somebody this tonight, and I hope I'm not stepping on somebody's toes, but even if I am, I just gotta preach this right here, that there's some of you, you need to be careful, you need to just stop talking about some things. Like, you've been hurt, I know you've been hurt, I know you've been wounded, I know that you've messed up or really bad, but can I just tell you, you need to stop making that a topic of every conversation that you're talking about. Some of you are bound by what happened last year, bound by some things that have happened in the past five years or the past decade, or maybe even things that have happened in your childhood that you keep bringing up today. You can be talking to your neighbor about how good the weather looks outside, how good, nice the weather is, and somehow, in some way, you tie in your past in the middle of that conversation because you're stuck in the past. Some of you can be talking about how good the Jaguars are gonna be now that they hired Urban Meyer. Come on, somebody. And your past comes up. That's for you, Jamie. Not the past part, just the Jaguar part. Jamie's my, Jamie's my Jaguar buddy. So we've been texting a lot. But listen, some of us, we get so caught up in the mistakes and the hurt 
and the pain of the past. And that's what I believe that the scripture is telling us is not just to forget it, but to quit talking about it. Quit allowing all those memories to be memorials in your life. Quit making it a landing spot for every conversation, for every thought that you have. Do not dwell on the former things. Forget the former things. Forget the things that are in your past. Don't cover them up. Cut them off. Quit trying to decorate them and just destroy them. There's some people that you need to sever some ties with some bad things that have happened in your past. Forget the former things. And I believe right here, as we're reading this scripture, that God is making it abundantly clear but that before you are going to see your new thing, you're going to have to forget some former things. And I, I don't find it a coincidence that the scripture is actually worded this way. It doesn't say, see your new thing and then forget the former thing. No, it says, forget the former thing, and then you'll see the new thing. See, when it pertains to your future, there is an order of operations. That basically what the scripture is saying is, before you're going to get your vision right, you got to get your mind right. That before you're going to see the new thing, before you're going to have your vision focused on the right thing, you're going to have to get your mind off the negative thing. Forget the things that are in the past and focus on what I have for you in this year. Focus on what I have for you in the future. I believe that's why the scripture says this. Now let the weak say that I am what? Let the poor say that I am rich. Is God, is God trying to get us to say something that's not true? No, he's telling you to get your mind right. And if we can get our mind right, we'll be able to see exactly what God has for us. Let the poor say I am rich. Let the weak say I am strong. And really, what I believe God is saying is, would you dare to see the invisible? Because those that will see the invisible will be able to do the impossible. Would you be able to see a thing before it ever comes to pass? Will you be able to see the strength even when you're still weak? Will you still be able to see the provision even when you're still poor? You're calling some things. You've got to get your mind right. Forget the former things. I just, I want to put it to you like this, that there's some of you that as we move into this new year, you just need to start declaring some things over your life. You need to start saying that this is the year that I'm going to be ahead and not behind. I'm going to be above and not beneath. This is the year that I'm going to be victorious. This is the year that I'm going to see my healing. This is the year that I'm going to see my son or daughter come back to Jesus. You need to start declaring some things over your life. You've got to get your mind right. I want to ask you this question tonight. Is your head in the right place? I believe that's why we can see in the scriptures in Genesis 28 that Jacob, we all know this story so well, Jacob had a vision from God. And Jacob went to this place called Bethel. And as he found himself at this place called Bethel, the Bible says this, it says that he laid his head upon a stone. And when he laid his head on the stone, then he got a vision from God. I, I wanna put it to you like this, that if you would just lay your mind on the rock, that God will begin to give you fresh vision. 
but you've got to put your mind on the right thing. And Jacob began to put his mind on the right thing and began to put his mind on the stone. And you've got to start putting your mind on the rock of ages and say, God, when I put my mind on you and not the things of the past, God, you're going to begin to open up the heavens. And Jacob began to see the heavens were open and there was a ladder that was resting on the earth and making its way into the heavens. And the angels were ascending and then descending. Here's the thing about visions. I love this. Notice that the Bible does not say that the angels descended then ascended. It first says that they ascended. It means that something was starting here. And when you can get a fresh vision from God, there's something that begins to happen on the earth realm, and it connects with the heavenly realm. And you've just got to get your mind focused on the rock. Lay your mind on the rock. Where has your mind been? Where has your mind been? How many times have we been so limited by our own way of thinking? I, I, I love listening and, and really reading the scripture when, when Moses sent the spies into the land. I love this. I shared this with our youth not too long ago. When Moses sent the, spy, sent the spies into the land, look at the way they were thinking. They went into the land and they said, there's giants in the land. Y'all read that scripture before, right? They said, there's giants in the land. And they came back to Moses and they said this, we are as grasshoppers in our own sight. But, but listen to their words. They said, there's giants in the land, and we see ourselves as grasshoppers. Then it says something really interesting. It says, and they see us that way too. How many times through our own insecurity do we feel like somebody sees us a certain way because it's really how we see ourselves? And how many times, listen to me, and notice who did not make it into the promised land. It wasn't the grasshoppers. It was a Two men named Joshua and Caleb because they had a different mindset. They were victors. And let me just tell you this. How many times has God called you to go in and possess some new land, but you've limited yourself by, by your own way of thinking? Because you had a vision problem. You had a mind problem. This is why the Bible says forget the former things. Forget the things that have hurt you. Forget the pain. Quit talking about it. And I love this part. And this is where we're going tonight. See that I'm doing a new thing. Can you see it? Can you see it? See that I'm doing a new thing. I, I just want to pause right here for just a moment. And I want to claim this scripture over some people that are in this room. That this is the year that God is about to do a new thing in your life. Come on, I want you to grab hold of that right now. That this is the very year that God is about. Now, this isn't just some fluffy message. No, I claim that over my own life. God, let this be the year that you do a new thing. God, I'm going to get my mind right, and I'm going to quit talking about the junk of the past. And God, I'm going to get my vision on you. And God, let this be the year that you do a new thing in my life. If you don't take it, I'll take that word. God, I want a new thing. I just want to tell you that God, notice this, he didn't say this year I'm giving you new things. He said I'm doing a new thing. Because God isn't so much concerned about what he's going to bring to you as much as what he's going to do through you. God is about to do something through you in this year. And can I just remind you that we do serve a God that has a habit of making things new. I begin to think throughout scripture, and there's many, many instances, but I begin to think, and if I could just read off a few, we serve a God that is a God of new creation. We serve a God who makes his mercies new every single morning. We serve a God who knows how to put a new song in my mouth. We serve a God that says that if anyone is in me, he is a 
new creation and the old has passed away and all things have become new. We serve a God in Revelation 21.5 who says this, behold, I make all things new. He is a God that will one day create a new heaven and a new earth. Listen, we serve a God that in Isaiah, I love this scripture in Isaiah that says this, from now on, I will begin to tell you new things of things that are hidden and unknown to you. We serve a God that is a God of new. I begin to think of the scripture when Jesus was talking in the gospels and he says, you can't begin to pour new wine into old wineskins. Now, I, I begin to think, I, I think sometimes we read verses like that and we don't really understand what Jesus is saying. But in the day of Jesus, understand this, that, that any, uh, most of the times, any kind of uh, compartment or any kind of jug that they would have that would contain liquid, it was typically made out of animal skin. And Quite possibly it would be like goat skin. And this is what the scripture is really saying is that when there would be a liquid that was poured into this animal skin, especially if it was fermented like wine, the wine would begin to swell inside of this goat skin, inside of these wine skins. And it would begin to swell and that wine skin would begin to stretch to the point of almost busting. And Jesus is given this truth because he's saying if you pour the new wine into the old wine skins, when that new wine begins to swell, you're not gonna be able to contain the new wine if you keep it in the old wine skins. So let me put it to you like this. I believe God's saying this. The new thing that I'm ready to do inside of you, if you maintain the old wineskins and you maintain the old way of living and you maintain the old mindset, what I want to do in you in 2021, you will not be able to contain it. Listen, you've got to say, God, I'm replacing the old and I want the new. God, give me the fresh wineskins. God, give me the fresh mindset. God, give me the fresh vision. I know we love to sing one of my favorite songs that we sing. We love to sing, Jesus, bring new wine out of me. But can I just tell you this? I wanna tell you this tonight. Quit expecting Jesus to pour fresh content in an old container because he's not gonna do it. If you want the fresh content that Jesus has to bring, you gotta trade in the old wineskins for the new. God, I want a new thing. God, I'm gonna take my mind off the former things and God, I wanna put my mind on you. I wanna put my sights and my vision on you. Make no mistake about it that we serve a God that is a God of the new. So I believe it is safe to say that in this new year, God wants to do a new thing in you, a fresh thing inside of you. I wanna give you just a, a word of wisdom. I have this written down in my notes here because I really wanna share this with you. But God, notice this, God will never operate in the realm of your past. Because the realm of your past, listen, if God were to operate in the realm of your past, your past is an area that you cannot change. God is not so much concerned about operating in the realm of your past as much as he is about operating in your today and your tomorrow. And, and one thing that gives me just a, just a little bit of hope is know this, that when God begins to speak to you, normally he will not talk to you about your yesterday, but God will be more concerned with your today and your tomorrow. God is concerned about your present, but he's also concerned about your future. And I wanna tell you, and I just wanna be just transparent with you tonight, and this is not for a lack of sympathy, but I'm just trying to help somebody that you've gotta get out of yesterday. And listen, I know that there's, there's some of you that you got fired last year, but you can't change that. I know there's some of you that you filed the divorce papers last year, 
but you can't go back and necessarily change that. I know that some of you, you got a DUI two years ago and your mind has been stuck on that DUI, but listen to me, you can't change that. But I, I got good news for you. We don't just serve a God that is a God of second chance. We serve a God that is a God of new beginnings. And God is not focused on the hurt and the mistakes and the pain of yesterday. He's focused on what he has in the future. God, I forget the former things, and I'm seeing that you're doing a new thing. Quit living in the could have, should have, would have, because God is doing something right now. God is doing something in your future. I love this. I posted this on social media last night, but can I just tell you this in the realm of talking about your past, that anytime that Satan tries to bring up and attack you with the realm of your past, just command him in the name of Jesus to bend his neck because on the back of his neck, you will see a nail-scarred footprint. And I'm gonna tell you, he is already under the foot of Jesus Christ and your past is already under the blood. So go ahead and quit talking about it. Go ahead and quit bringing it up and say, God, I'm ready for the new thing. God, I'm ready for what you have for me. God, I'm ready for what you have for not only me, but for my family and for my kids and my future and my career. God, let it be, let it be. I wanna emphasize one word tonight, see. I'm doing a new thing. My question to you tonight is, can you see it? Can you see it? Because sometimes you gotta see a thing before you see the thing. You've gotta see it in your spirit. You gotta see it with your vision. Proverbs 29, 18, I believe we have it on the screen. I just wanna give you a few scriptures tonight for the rest of our time together. It's a scripture we all know so well. It says this, where there is no vision, where there is no vision, the people perish. I, I began to think, and I was talking to my dad over the weekend, and I began, I shared this with our youth uh, a couple Wednesdays ago, but I began to remember that as a, as a child, I would go with my parents to, to theme parks, and we would go into these 3D rides. Y'all know what I'm talking about. And my dad, when he was just a teenager, he had an injury to his eye. And he was actually on a, a job site, a, a construction site, and a piece of a hammer went into my dad's eye and was blinded at the age of 15. And I remember as I was just a kid, me and my brother, and we would go to these theme parks and we would be sitting in these, these theaters and they would be these 3D theaters and you'd put these, these specific glasses on. And I remember there would be these rides and it would be like these things would be popping out at the screen at you. Y'all know what I'm talking about? And it would almost be like things were coming right, almost like they were grabbing you. And I remember being at a, a theme park one year, my dad had these glasses on, we were all in there and he got out and he said, I didn't see any of that. He said, I didn't see any of the, the 3D. He said, I saw it just like it was a, a regular image because his vision was impaired. He didn't see the image for what it really was. And I begin to think that a lot of times we are the same way spiritually that we don't really see the image of Jesus for who he really is because we have a spiritual visual impairment. And our vision is messed up. Our vision is not where it needs to be. Our focus and our eyes are not on Jesus. Helen Keller, we all know this pretty well, I believe, but Helen Keller, by 19, 19 months, became deaf and became mute. And I love one of my, the greatest quotes that she ever gave was this. She said, the only thing worse than being blind 
is having sight, but having no vision. And I wanna ask you this question tonight. How many of you have sight, but you don't have any vision? Because here's really my concern with people. There's some people that are in the church that you know how to look, but you don't know how to see. Like you know how to look, you know how to look the part, you know how to, how, you know how to address the part, you know how to raise your hands, you know how to say the right things, but you don't know how to see. You don't know how to see Jesus for who he really is. Vision without action is merely a dream. But action without vision is a nightmare. But if you can have vision combined with action, it'll change your world. And that's where we have to get in the year of 2021. God, I don't want vision without action. And I also don't want action without vision. God, give me vision with action. God, I wanna see you for who you really are. In the book of Samuel, chapter three, and you don't necessarily have to turn there, but I wanna read a scripture to you really quick. First Samuel three, one through four, it says this. Now the boy Samuel ministered to the Lord under Eli. Now listen to this. It says, in, the days, in those days, the word of the Lord was rare and there were not many visions. One night, Eli, whose eyes were becoming so weak that he could barely see, was lying down in his usual place and the lamp of God had not yet gone out. And Samuel was lying down in the house of the Lord where the ark of God was. Come on, this is important. Samuel began to lie down when there were no visions in the land. And when Eli, when his eyes were so weak, he didn't really have vision. We had a young boy named Samuel said, I'm just gonna lay down in the presence of God. The Ark of the Covenant in the Old Testament was symbolic of the very manifest presence of God. And Samuel began to lay down in the presence of God. Let me tell you this, God will always reserve visions to those that are committed to being nestled in his presence. And there's a lot of us that we don't have fresh vision from God because we don't know what it's like to be in the presence of God. And Samuel said, I, I, I know I'm just a young boy and I know there's not very, very uh, vision, many visions in the land, but I'm gonna tell you what, while all of you can't see, I'm gonna find myself resting in a posture in the presence of God. And notice this, I love this story because Samuel he wakes up and he hears this voice and he goes to Eli and he says, you called me. And Eli says, I never called you, go back to bed. And he goes back to bed and the same night he hears the voice again and he goes to Eli and he says, you called me. And he says, I didn't call you. And that happened again and it happened again three times. And finally, Eli, he said, I know what you're hearing. You're hearing the voice of God. Next time he speaks to you, say, speak Lord for your servant is listening. Listen to me. And he goes back and he rests in the presence of God. And God begins to speak. And no, notice this, notice the words that God began to give Samuel. He said, Samuel, see, see, I'm about to do something in Israel that will make the ears of everyone who hears about it tingle. Notice that God will allow you to see things that others will only get to hear about if you'll rest in his presence. He said, see, I'm about to do something that when everybody hears about it, their ears will begin to tingle. But I want you to see it. Listen, God will begin to reserve visions for those that are resting in his presence. And he was resting in the presence of God. And he said, I want you to see. Listen, if you wanna get to the point where you begin to see things that others only hear about, find God's presence. 
in the year of 2021, don't forsake the presence of God. Don't forsake your prayer closet. Don't forsake your time of devotion. Don't forsake the fasting and the praying. Listen, we've got to find ourselves in the presence of Jesus Christ in the year of 2021. God says, see, I'm about to do something. When everybody hears about it, it's gonna make their ears tingle. But when God speaks, here's what I begin to learn. When God speaks, if you will cherish it, more will come. Maybe this is why in Habakkuk it says this, when God gives you a vision, write it. And he says, write it and make it plain so that a herald may run with it. Here's what I, here's what I begin to think. I wanna ask the worship team to go ahead and come on back. Here's what I begin, this is what I share with our youth over the past couple of weeks. We're in a series called I Can't See. And we're talking about vision as we go into this year. And I shared this with our youth and I wanna share it with you that this is what I begin to see as I've talked to people and as I've observed people, that there's so many people that they had such fresh vision going in the year of 2020 last year. They said, God, I'm ready for what you have for me. And they took that vision and they ran with that vision but 2020 hit and COVID hit and political unrest began to hit and there was so many other things that began to happen and I saw where there was vision in January and then March hit and then August hit and then September and October and I saw people who were once sprinting with the vision that God had given them and that run slowly over last year and many people, it morphed into a jog and then it morphed not only into a jog, but then it morphed into your hands on your knees and you're panting and your tongue's hanging out and you're exhausted and you're fatigued. And I've seen that with so many people from young all the way to the old. I've seen so many people who once had a fresh vision running with that vision now exhausted. And I began to think about the importance of running. And listen, I hate running in the natural, I'm just gonna tell you. Pastor Jordan was up here like two or three weeks ago and he mentioned something. And he said, as I was running five miles, God began to speak to me. I wanted to come up here and say, how many of you are thankful that you don't have to run for God to speak to you? Because as I was sitting on the couch, watching football and eating a donut, God began to speak to me. <laughs> come on, somebody. God says, be still and know that I'm God. So I'm just gonna do that. <laughs> I hate running in the natural. But let me tell you something. I've seen so many people as they were running and they begin to get exhausted. I begin to think of these runners and those that would run these marathons. There's a point when you're running that you hit this wall and you become so fatigued and you become so tired. But if you'll push past the pain and you'll push past the fatigue, there's something called a second wind. And a second wind for a runner is a continued desire to finish. It's a fresh desire to complete the course. And this is what I wanna share with you tonight. Take the vision and it's time that you get a second wind. It's time that some of you start to run again. I, I, I just wanna share this tonight in closing. I dare some of you to have fresh vision again. I dare some of you to have dreams again. I dare some of you to have fresh passion again. 
I'm just gonna tell you like I feel it. I know I'm talking to a bunch of adults, but this is how I felt it and I, I shared it with our, our students a couple weeks ago. But this is what I feel. This is how I feel so many people are viewing God right now. It's almost like that teenager who had a bad, negative, toxic relationship and they ended that relationship and now they're scared to ever jump into another relationship again because now they see all future relationships through the lens of the past hurt. And so they never wanna give their heart to anybody again. I feel like there's people that are doing that to God right now. That you're saying, I feel like I've been so wounded and hurt. God, I'm scared to give you my whole heart again. Guys, it's time to get that second wind. It's time to dream again. It's time to have vision again. Listen, before, before we close in a time of prayer, I wanna share a story. This is true. There's a book that's been written by the man, his name is Peter Jenkins. And he wrote it in the book uh, in 1973, and the book is called A Walk Across America. And it became a bestseller because of his unbelievable experience that Peter Jenkins had. He literally walked from one end of our nation to the other end of our nation. And in this book, he gives an account of everything that he experienced as he walked across America. These are some bullet points that were in his book. Peter Jenkins walked 5,000 miles, 5,000 miles. It took him five years to walk from one end of the nation to the other. He walked through blizzards. He walked through 120 degrees in the desert. He was attacked by animals. This is all true. He was bitten by snakes. I would have called it quits right there. He was hit by a car. His dog got ran over by a car? Come on, somebody. Like, it's one thing for me to get hit. Don't be hit my dog. His dog got hit by a car. He was mugged. All of these things happened as he was walking from one end of America to the other. Listen, they asked him a question after he walked 5,000 miles, walked through blizzards, walked through the desert, got hit by a car, bitten by snakes, all of these things. They asked him one simple question. They said, what was the one thing that happened in your journey where you almost gave up? He didn't say the blizzard. He didn't say the car. He didn't say any of those things. You know what he said? He said, I had sand in my shoes. And he said, the sand in my shoes, I couldn't change my shoes. And he said, the sand began to wear on my feet to the point that I was so miserable. I didn't feel like I could take another step. Listen to me, listen. There's some of you that are just like Peter Jenkins and there's been some major things that have happened. But for some of you, it's the thing that nobody sees. It's the small thing and it's worn on you to the point that you're saying, I don't think I can make it anymore. Can I, can I tell you this? Everything that God has for you in 2021 is on the other side of you not giving up. Don't give up, don't give up. Take another step, have fresh vision, have fresh passion. I wanna read this last scripture and then we're gonna close and I know that I've gotta hurry. But listen, there's a story that we all know so well. Mark chapter 10, of, there was a blind man, blind Bartimaeus, 
And I don't have the scripture on the screen, but I just want to read it to you. It says, they came to Jericho. And as Jesus and his disciples, together with a large crowd, were leaving the city, a blind man named Bartimaeus was sitting by the roadside begging. And when he had heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to shout, Jesus, son of David, have mercy. Many rebuked him and told him to be quiet, but he shouted all the more. I love that. They told him to shut his mouth, and he said, I don't care what you have to say. I'm going to keep shouting. I'm going to keep crying after Jesus of Nazareth. And many rebuked him. He said, have mercy on me, and Jesus stopped. And he said to his disciples, he said, call him. Call to that blind man. Call to the man who has no vision. So they called to the blind man. They said, cheer up and get on your feet. He's calling you. Throwing his cloak aside. He jumped to his feet and came to Jesus. And he said, what do you want me to do for you? Jesus asked him. He said, Rabbi, I want to see. I want to see. Go, said Jesus. Your faith has healed you immediately. He received his sight. And follow Jesus along the road. Listen to me. Listen. I feel like tonight I'm the disciple that's coming to some of you and saying, stand up. He's calling you. He's calling you. Get up on your feet. Change your posture. Because if you'll change your stance, he'll change your sight. Change your stance. Change your posture. Get up on your feet. He was wearing this cloak. And if you'll do some research, you'll see that there was something in those days in Roman authority that they would begin to put these cloaks over these beggars. It was actually called the beggar's cloak. And they would drape it over the beggar. And it was this long white rope and it had red stripes going down this rope or going down this cloak. And he was wearing this cloak. And really, while Roman authority would put this cloak on these beggars, it's for a couple reasons. Number one, they would say this. If you're wearing this cloak, anybody who sees you wearing this cloak knows that you're justified to be a beggar. It basically was given legality to them living on the breadcrumbs. It was giving them justification to be in the ditch and on the wayside. And I feel like I wanna tell somebody that with everything that you've walked through this past year, there's some of you that are wearing this beggar's cloak. And if we were to be honest, it's probably justified the reason why you're so hurt. Legally, it's probably okay for you to be in this mindset that you're in. But I'm telling you that even though you feel justified in your hurt and in your pain and keeping your mind on the former things, I'm telling you, tonight's the night that you've got to stand up and change your posture and say, I'm taking off the cloak. And God, I'm running after you. And God, I want you to restore my vision again. And I know that I have pain. I know that I may have anxiety. And I know that I may not have a future in my own mind. But God, if I can just crawl and make my way to you, God, you'll give me fresh vision. And God is telling you tonight, dream again. Have hope again. Have vision again. Find your way back to the master. Find your way back to Jesus. He wants to transform your life. I want everybody to stand. I'm reminded of the time 
that I was sitting, me and Brittany, and I've shared this briefly before, but I remember sitting in the neurologist's office back in 2018. And it was when everything that we began to find out about our son and the health journey that he's on, I remember being with this neurologist and she asked one question. She said, mom, dad, do you think that he can see? And we said, yeah, I, I think that he can see. I know that he can see. And I'll never forget, I'll never forget the words that she said. She said, mom and dad, your son, your son don't see. And I remember in that moment, it was almost like in that moment, I had to have vision for Brave. Because I knew, as a dad, I knew that he had vision. And somebody was speaking this diagnosis over Brave. And I knew that we were in this moment that Brave can't communicate, so I'm just gonna have vision for him. And we said, no, he can see. And y'all know the story, and I've shared it before, that he went from being told that he was blind to then saying, no, now he has vision. And they said he has something called cortical visual impairment where basically you can see, but there's holes in the image. And I feel like some of us are exactly the same way spiritually, that maybe we have a little bit of vision, but there's holes and we don't see the vision and we don't see the image for what it really is to now them being able to say he has 2100 to now they're saying he has 2080 and it keeps getting better and better and better and the report keeps getting better. But I remember in that moment that I had to say, I know you say he can't see, but I'm gonna have vision for him. And I feel like tonight there's some of you that people are labeling you, you can't have vision again, but my goodness, this youth pastor will stand up here and say, if you don't have vision, I'm gonna have vision for you. And listen, you've gotta start putting on the glasses that God has for you and say, this year I'm no longer looking in the former things. God, I'm about to see the new thing that you have for me. God, give me a fresh vision. Give me a fresh hope. Give me a fresh plan. I want everybody to bow your heads and close your eyes. Nobody look around. Tonight, I would love more than anything to give an altar call right now, but that's not where we're going tonight. But what I do want to do just in a few moments that we have feel like there's some people that are out there that are saying, Pastor Dusty, I need that. I need the word that you preached tonight. I need, I need to take my mind off of the past. I gotta get my mind right. And after I get my mind right, I gotta get my vision right. God, I, I wanna see the new thing. I wanna see the future. I wanna see the plan. I wanna have dreams again. I wanna have passion again. If that's you, come on, nobody looking around. If that's you, I just want you to lift your hand up and put it right back down. I knew there would be a lot of hands. I knew it. I knew it. I knew that in my spirit. Listen, I just want you to make an altar. Listen, for the next five minutes, can we just do that? I want you to make an altar right where you are. Come on. If you can, I just want you to kneel. You can turn around right there at your pew. Listen, I want our prayer to be, God, give me fresh vision for this year. God, change my sight. Like the blind beggar, I want to make my way to Jesus. Come on, can we do that? As the worship team begins to sing, just for the next five minutes, go and ask God to change your vision. Change my vision.